0: Hallelujah. It's in this atmosphere, I want to turn our attention to the word of the Lord, John chapter one. If you've got a Bible with you and you'd like to turn there with me, I'm going to be reading from the gospel of John chapter one. It's the fourth book in the new Testament and I'll be reading out of the new King James version. I believe the Lord has given me a word for this morning. I'm going to do my best under the leadership of the Holy Ghost to deliver that to you today. John chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right, power, authority to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. That name we've been singing about that this morning. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. The will of God. I want to minister this morning about that topic, the will of God. Could you lift up your hands all over this room right now and go to the Lord and say, Lord, open up my spirit, help me to have an ability to receive your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray Lord, a blessing and an anointing over every ear, over every heart right now, that there would be minds that are ready to understand and hearts that are open to receive. Lord, that you would give us revelation today, that your spirit would move up and down these aisles and throughout this room and quicken us, God, and help your word to become alive to every man, woman, and child under the sound of my voice. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The will of God. What is the will of God? Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, this is God speaking. He says, I know the thoughts or the plan that I think towards you. Says the Lord Thoughts of peace and not of evil To give you a future And a hope The will of God is God's thoughts It's his plan for you First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 Speaks like this And says that God desires All men to be saved And to come to the knowledge Of the truth What is the will of God? The will of God is God's Desire Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul tells the church and says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. To be in tune with the will of God is to be wise. To be ignorant of the will of God or to be outside of the will of God is foolishness. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says that we have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The will of God is God's way for you to receive everything that he has for you. If you want to see what God has for you, you need to be interested in the will of God. Here's the place where we need to arrive at today. John chapter 7 verse 17. Jesus says, if anyone wills to do his will... He shall know concerning the doctrine whether it's from God or whether I speak of my own authority. Our will needs to come into alignment today with the will of God. If you want to unlock the miraculous in your life, if you need a breakthrough in your situation today, the answer lies in becoming acquainted with the will of God and getting into spiritual alignment with the plans and the desires of God. The will of God is powerful. It was the will of God that Jesus would be born and that he would enter into the world as the light of the world. John chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 remind us of what the setting was, that Jesus was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world didn't know him. He came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. The world. The world stands at contrast with the will of God. Preacher, why is it so difficult sometimes, and why do we have to return again and again to the topic of the will of God? The answer is, is that we all live in a world that stands in contrast to the will of God. The world that we live in, the systems that we have to be around, and the influences that come into our life are at opposition with what the thoughts and the plans and the will of God is for your life. The world is shorthand for a humanity that's estranged from God, that's separated from God, that is separated and has become Disconnected from his will, from his plans, from his desires. The world is the setting that Jesus came into. And the world today is the setting that you and I live in every day. It stands in contrast to the will of God. But if we will lock on to what God's plan is and we'll become aware of what his desires are, there is nothing that is impossible for God to do in your life. When you pursue His will. There's three areas of breakthrough that I believe every person in this room can have an experience in today. And in the breakthrough, there's two dimensions of breakthrough. There's a breakthrough in your understanding and there's a breakthrough in demonstration. And I pray today That as significant and important as it is for you to receive a breakthrough in your understanding. What I mean by that is when the Holy Ghost gives you revelation about something. As important and foundational as that is. You also need to follow that up with a breakthrough in your lived experience. There needs to be a demonstration of the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. That's what the breakthrough looks like today. It doesn't look like you just agreeing with the preacher. But it takes a step of faith. It takes demonstration. It takes God being you yielding yourself to him. And him allowing to change the lived experience that you've always had breakthrough in your understanding today is when the spirit and the word minister together and you receive a personal revelation of truth, not a personal interpretation of truth, but a personal revelation of truth. That means you get it for yourself. Somebody, you need to get it for yourself today. You need to get the truth of this word and the truth of this message lodged into your spirit. You need to get a hold of it today. I don't know about anybody else, but it's been a month since I've been in church. And there's some things that I need to make sure that I've still got a hold of. It doesn't mean that I'm backslid. It doesn't mean that I'm doing bad. It just means that there's some things that don't change. Brother Floyd, there's a foundation that I'm not willing to give up. I've got to have that revelation and that breakthrough in my understanding. I've got to let the Holy Ghost cause me to get it for myself. It's not enough that mom or dad has it. It's not enough that the person you share a role with has it. You need to get a personal revelation of the will of God for yourself. You also need a breakthrough in your demonstration, in your lived experience with God. This is when you see truth and you start to act on it. When there's a true revelation, when there's true faith, when there's true belief that comes into play, there's, it's always followed up by obedience. There's always demonstration. There's always action that happens. And you need a breakthrough today in demonstration. There needs to be something about the reality of your everyday life that goes beyond just your headspace and gets into your walk and gets into your talk today. Talking about a breakthrough that's available for everybody. What's the first area of breakthrough, Brother Dustin? John chapter 1 gives us what I believe to be three things. John chapter 1 verse 12 says that Jesus gives rights and power and authority to those who believe in his name. Believing in the name of Jesus. Believing in the name of Jesus. Believing in the name of Jesus Christ is powerful. It's the starting point. Don't miss what I'm about to say right now. It's the starting point. You've got to believe that Jesus is who he says that he is. You've got to believe that Jesus can do the things that he claims to be able to do. You've got to believe today that Jesus can be for you what he says he desires and wills to be for you. You've got to believe in the name of Jesus. Time and time again in scripture, there's testimony that your faith, that your belief in the name of Jesus is foundational to everything that the will of God has in store for your life. 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. John chapter 3 verse 15 says, Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John chapter 5 verse 24 says, Most assuredly I say to you that he who hears My word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. John chapter 11 verse 25, Jesus is talking to the sisters of Lazarus and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. John chapter 12 verse 46 says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. John chapter 20 verses 31 and, uh, 30 and 31 says, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. The whole reason for the Gospels in our New Testament is for the purpose of you believing. That Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is your King. Jesus is your Deliverer. The one that you need to break addictions. The one that you need to deliver you from your trouble. The one that you need to forgive sin. His name is Jesus. He's promised that he would do it all. He says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the sustenance that you need. All that you need today is Jesus. We can't get off of the belief of the power of the name of Jesus for the, in the power of the blood of Jesus. We need a belief, an unshakable, unwavering belief in this age in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've read just enough of this book and I've had just enough of it preached at me and taught to me that I am persuaded that the answer for this world is Jesus. I believe it. With every fiber of my being, I believe it. I wouldn't put my children into his hands if I didn't believe it. I wouldn't trust my soul and my salvation to this message if I didn't believe it. And there's times when I've got to get back not just to an intellectual or mental agreement with it, but I've got to get to where it's down in my soul. It's part of my identity. There's no part of my life that's so small that it can't be influenced by my belief that Jesus is Lord of all. Sometimes, sometimes we abandon the foundation of our belief. And when we do, we undermine everything that the will of God desires to do in our life. It's the starting point. It's the place from which God works in faith to produce everything you need to experience the full, complete will of God. It starts with belief, it's from the belief that springs forth the authority and the power and the right to lay hold of everything else that God has for you. Just a few weeks ago, pastor was ministering on a Sunday night and we addressed some of these passages that speak so foundationally about belief. Romans chapter 10, a letter written to the church says that if you will confess with your mouth that the Lord Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It was written to the church to tell them the message that I'm preaching at this moment, that we can't abandon the foundation of our belief. Whenever your world gets shaken up, go back to the foundation of your belief and confess that Jesus is Lord and you'll find that things start to come back together. You'll find that things start to make sense again. You'll find that the will of God isn't so hard to find anymore when you believe. In Jesus. Oh, it's a message for the church. It's not just a message for somebody who has no relationship with God, but it's a message for the church as well. We cannot abandon the foundation of our belief. Preaching to someone today that your particular breakthrough is in getting back to your belief. John, 1 John, chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That belief. Who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? (coughs) The victory that you need today, the breakthrough that you need today, might just exist in how you're positioning Jesus in your life. Oh, that Jesus would, that there would be a revival of those who just believe who just said, you know what, I see what Jesus says, I see who Jesus is, and I'm putting it all in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. No matter what this world offers, my answer is Jesus. Come on, somebody, your breakthrough is in a revelation of belief right now. Jesus is your king and not just your buddy. Jesus is the forgiver of your sin and not just your problem fixer today. He can do it all straight down to the core, right down to the root. He can do it all. Preaching about believing in Jesus to be everything that he claims to be in his word. About calling on the name of Jesus. We can call on the name of Jesus for salvation. Talking about believing in the name of Jesus. We can call on his name for salvation. We can call on his name for healing. We can call on his name for deliverance. No matter what you have going on in your world right now, if you'll get a revelation of the power of the name of Jesus and you'll believe just enough to call on his name, he can turn it around. Preaching about the will of God. It's the will of God that you call on the name. He gave us that name so that you can call on it and be saved. It's the will of God. It's the desire of God. It's the plan of God. It's the thoughts that he has toward you today. Second area of breakthrough is closely tied in to believing in the name of Jesus. It's called being born by the will of God. Of God. John chapter 1 verse 13. I'm going back to the text because I want you to know this is text driven. This is the word. John chapter 1 verse 13 says this Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of the will of God. I'm talking about a spiritual new birth that is closely tied in to believing when you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he promises to do, there will be a response of obedience. There will be a response and there will be something that changes in the way that you live. John chapter 3 is a familiar passage that tells us exactly what we can expect to experience. There was a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night, and he started asking questions to Jesus. He said, Jesus, it's beyond controversy that you're a credible person, that you are a teacher from God, that the things that you say are revelatory. They're, they're things that are just can only come from God. Right. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see The kingdom of God. Nicodemus needed some clarification. And he says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'm talking about a spiritual new birth. It's something that you need to experience today. Belief, while it is foundational and while it is powerful, it is not sufficient for your salvation. Your belief is always going to produce the obedience of faith. And the obedience of faith, the New Testament does not leave us wondering what that is going to look like. That would be unfair, wouldn't it? If the New Testament... It taught us that our faith is going to produce works, but then gave us no indication about what those works of salvation are going to look like. Well, the good news is that the New Testament tells us what we can expect. There's going to be a repentance, a turning away from sin. There's going to be a baptism of water in the name of Jesus. And then there's going to be an infilling of God's spirit in your life. And it's now you're not going to have to guess about whether it happened or not. Because the scriptures demonstrate that when you receive the Spirit of God for the first time, you're going to speak in a language that you never learned, in tongues, and you're going to know that the Spirit of God is indwelling your life. Talking about a breakthrough in being born again. Being born again. I pray somebody is receiving more than just a breakthrough in their understanding today. But that somebody would say, you know what? That's something that needs to be demonstrated in my life. I haven't been born again like the word demonstrates. Oh, there's a breakthrough whenever we start to understand that being born again is something that only comes from God. What's the scripture say? John chapter 1, verse 13, saying these that we're talking about were born not of blood. Let me tell you what that means. That means pedigree doesn't matter. It means your bloodline, your family tree does not contribute to this. It's not about what mom and dad did. It's not about what grandma and grandpa did. We honor them, but that has no bearing on your spiritual new birth. It's not by blood. It's not by the will of the flesh. This isn't like a physical birth where well, there's a fleshly, a physical component to it. I don't have to go into anatomy today to demonstrate how physical births take place, but there is a, there's a will of the flesh. There's things that happen that must transpire, contrary to what culture might say, that must transpire in order for a physical birth to take place. This isn't about that, though. This is a spiritual new birth. It doesn't happen by the will of man. This isn't a plan that's been put together by human beings. In the first century when this was written, there was a custom in that part of the world where the man, the head of the household, when there was a child that was born, the man could decide whether or not to keep the child. Even after the child was born, the man had that, kind, that level of control over what happened in the family. So even after the child was born, the man, and this is wicked, but the man could choose to dispose of the baby, to to not allow the baby to exist. But this isn't about that. This isn't about the will of man. This isn't about what our plans and preferences might dictate to us. It isn't something that a group of preachers got together and put together this plan and put together this book. This isn't about any of that. This is something that originates from God. Let me go another step further and say, if you've been born again, there's nobody that can take it away from you. This isn't a, you're not subject to the will of man. What God gave you, man cannot take away. What God brought to life inside of you, no devil in hell can kill it. Nothing can cause it to die. It's something that belongs between you and God. I curse any attack of the enemy that would try to tell a child of God that they're worthless, that they don't have the power to make it. There's nothing. There's no will of man. There's no will of blood. There's nothing of the flesh that can stop a sovereign move of God. This isn't about any of those things. This is something that is supernatural. I'm not talking about a breakthrough today that happens when the music gets just right. Or when the preacher gets just loud enough. God help my voice. I'm talking about something that is a sovereign supernatural move of the Holy Ghost. It's something that God originates and that God performs and that God seals and finishes. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. And nothing that God does can be stopped by any plan of man. It's born by the will of God. Of God, not the not by blood, not by the will of the flesh, not by the will of man, but by the will of God, is where the power's at. Because this is what Jesus went on to tell Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Sometimes we can get an incomplete idea of being born again, that spiritual new birth. Sometimes we can hear it said that if I'll just believe, I can be saved. That's an incomplete word. Surely you know by this point, this morning, that I am an advocate for believing. It's foundational, it's powerful. We can't abandon it, but that by itself is incomplete for salvation. And when we receive an incomplete revelation of what God wants to do in our new birth, spiritual new birth experience, we sell ourselves far short of the will of God. Belief always produces obedience. Your belief will... Producing you an obedience that leads to a spiritual new birth, like in the book of Acts, and your new birth will empower you to become a child of God and set you on a path of becoming everything that the will of God has for you to become. That's the third area of breakthrough that I want to bring to your attention from John chapter one. The first is that we need to believe. And there's power in belief, and it's foundational, and we never grow past it. The second is that there must be a spiritual new birth that happens. It's not something that originates from human beings. It's not something that originates from religious tradition, but it's something that God initiates and God put into order. And the third thing, and these follow sequentially, is that there is a breakthrough of becoming. Everybody say becoming. Some focus on being. Some are born again of the water and the spirit, and they settle for focusing on just being. Let me say it another way. They settle for focusing on just existing spiritually. When God is calling you to a different level of breakthrough, a different dimension of living for him, it's called becoming. Becoming. And It's something, maybe this is the thing that can most advance your understanding and your demonstration of the work of God in your life is just the knowledge that God is calling you upward. The Apostle Paul said there's an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's not God's will that you just exist. It's not God's will that you settle for just being. But God has something in store for you called becoming. Becoming a child of God. A son or a daughter of God. Exercising privileges and authority. Walking in demonstration and power in the Spirit. I'm talking about a breakthrough. Of becoming right now. It's the will of God. For you. Saint of God. When you were following the plan. And the desire. And the way. And the will of God. Just like belief always produces obedience. Spiritual birth always begets spiritual growth. What would we say about a child that is born. But never grows, we would say that there is something tragically wrong. I've been joking with people all morning. They've been asking how my children are because we haven't seen each other in a month. and They've been asking about the little guy. He's back there right now. I've been telling them, you know what? He's prospering. He's outgrowing all of his clothes, and uh, he's, he's just doing good. And what a tragedy it would be. If I had a testimony to the contrary, something would be out of order. There would be cause for alarm. I would be in need. We would be in need of an answer, of a breakthrough. We would would be searching for something to address what we were seeing that was not happening according to the way it was designed to happen. And so it is. In the spirit that when we are born, there is an expectation. The will of God is that you will grow and become and grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God has a plan for your life. God has a vision for your life. God has a ministry that He wants to give you. God has things He wants to use you and do in you and through you and for you. It's called becoming. Becoming. Oh, I'm not content just to be born, but I'm thankful that at some point God saw fit to empower me and to give me the right to become. To become. Sometimes we forget our power and our responsibility to become. It's the difference between being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. What's Romans chapter 8 say? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If that doesn't match up exactly with what John chapter 1 is saying, I don't know I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because that's exactly, that's the message. When we become, God gives us the right, the privilege, the authority to become children of Of God. We are adopted into His family. You're able to exercise His authority. There's rights and privileges and covering and things that are available to you in a breakthrough of becoming that maybe you've been settling too long for just existing and just being. Maybe it's been since the beginning of this pandemic a couple years ago, and maybe you've just been in existence mode. But God is calling you forward into becoming today. What is the will of God? The will of God is for you to believe, to be born again, and to become a child of God. It has to happen in our understanding. It has to happen in our revelation. It needs to take place in our demonstration and in our lived experience today. When a born-again believer becomes a child of God, there's nothing that hell can throw at them that is going to prevail against them. There's no weapon formed against them that's going to prosper because I'm not a spiritual infant anymore. I've been called to become. To become. You better believe this morning that there is an adversary who has a different will for your life. He doesn't want you to believe. He wants you to reject. He doesn't want you to be born, but he wants you to die. He doesn't want you to become, but he wants you to be shrunken, reduced, destroyed. Jesus offers life and life more abundantly. Lift up your hands all over this room right now and just begin to respond to the Holy Ghost. You need to respond to this word in such a way as the musicians come. You need to respond to this word right now and say, Satan, if you only knew, if you only knew, Satan, what I was becoming, if you only knew the plans that God had for me, if you only had the full revelation like I do of the will of God for my life, Oh, somebody stand to their feet right now and begin to begin to flow in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and receive from the Lord right now. Because there's God. God is pouring out something right now to the different families and the different saints of God right now. It's the will of God that God re, that you receive something from God today. Oh, somebody with their hands lifted up and their mouth open should say, Satan, if you only could see how every trial that I've been through is refining me. If you could only see how every temptation is making me become stronger. Oh, enemy of my soul, if you could just know that every resistance that you put in front of me is just an exercise. It's just a chance for me to exercise power. Oh, these altars are open right now, and I want to open up this entire room for a heartfelt response to the Word and the Spirit of God. Oh, it doesn't matter this morning if you want a breakthrough or if you need a breakthrough. You need to make your way to this altar right now. You need to find a place.